Be sure to get down, good Lord, with the two idiots talking sports. Strictly, man, they just play around, cover much ground, talk about the best pound for pound. It's Z to AC, DC to Cali. Can't get them out of your mind, no They talk about the sports all the time Welcome to Two Idiots Talking Sports I'm your host, Alex Joined by my co-host, Zach What up, Zach? What's good? We are here with our NBA mid-season report The season is halfway through Teams are just about all at 41, 42 games So... We thought we tried to do this last week and we had massive technical difficulties. So we are back to break down the league. No, we recorded a great pod for the Aces and you dropped the ball. Uh, It was technical difficulties, but it is what it is. Uh, We have what we're going to do is we're going to talk about each team in the league. We're going to break this up into two parts. We're going to start with the last place, worst record in the league, 11 and 31, Atlanta Hawks. Do you have any thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks? I think Collins is tight. I think Prince is tight. And if they wind up with Aiton or one of the, you know, Bamba, like one of those high-ceiling centers, the future could be pretty tight. They need to keep tanking hard. They're going to be right there for the number one pick. They're terrible. Schroeder's been pretty great, but the rest of the team is terrible. And Schroeder doesn't play any D, which is frustrating. Uh... I've read that they really are looking to be sellers and take on contracts. They're trying to do what Brooklyn's done. So, Baysmore is available. They want to attach Bellinelli or Eliasova or Dwayne Dedman. I expect them, like, they would take, they'd be a team that would take Mahinney in a first-round pick. Just saying, for, for some of those guys. Well, Eliasova played for all 30 teams. Yeah, <laughs> he's played for, like, 10 teams. It's ridiculous. He gets traded every year. He's got a good skill set, though. I actually kind of like Ilyasova, so whatever. Uh, all right, that's the Atlanta. We shouldn't spend any more time on these teams. These teams should all be 30 seconds or one minute. Uh, the Orlando Magic, who were a little frisky out of the gates. I think they started like 8-3 and three or something, and everyone got excited and have proceeded to turn into the second-worst team in the NBA. They're 12-31. and 31. I said at the beginning of our, in our NBA preview, I said this team was made up of future NBA role players. Aaron Gordon made a mini leap, but the rest of the team stinks. It's fun that Hazonia's playing now, who basically hasn't played his whole career. But this team's terrible and borderline unwatchable. They're my least favorite team on League Pass. Do they have anyone that's attractive, like Fournier, anyone? I read there was a rumor that the Pistons are very aggressive for Fournier. And I was gonna. I read that too. And they're like offering Stanley Johnson and maybe even uh, their rookie, who's named Kennard, which would be I don't know, but Fournier is a piece that could get traded. His contract's high, but not insane. Uh, they're not going to trade Gordon. I'm so ready for them to get another point guard and move on from Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton had another shot blocked by his hair. I don't understand how they let him have that hair. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Do you have anything about Orlando? He's garbage. They're, I have nothing to say. They're about. garbage. They're boring. Just please blow it up. I just am sick of them. Sacramento Kings, who you and I were both like their offseason. They've been terrible. Uh, the one highlight for them, who I really like, who I talked about in the preview. Well, I'll see what my prediction was. But uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. 
They're a 25-year-old rookie from Serbia, who I liked. And I yeah, thought, he's been good. He could be all NBA. An old rookie, you mean? I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, all rookie. That was my prediction. He's averaging 16 points a game in January, and he's like borderline their go-to score. Like when it, I mean, I kind of is a go-to score when it's like crunch time. He's on the court and he's like putting up threes and all this stuff. I just saw them play the Clippers and he was like, he had like 25 points. I'm in on him. He's 25. He's a 25 year old rookie. I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's good. The rest of the team, they got old guys and young guys. Nothing fits. I read that they're like the worst team in the. Well, they're already one of the worst teams. But when when they play Zebo at the four, they get like get outscored by a massive margin and they're awful. So. My thing with Zebo is I would love to see him on a contender coming off the bench. Like he'd be a great fit on the Wizards. He'd be awesome. Just on getting that. buckets off the bench, beating up second units, and it makes sense for the Kings because give Scal those minutes. Scal and Willie Trill they need to eat up that time. You know they're not making the playoffs. Why? Why the Zebo thing? I don't know. He's only thirty six. I mean, only. I was like, well, maybe he could play a few more years and fit into that role. I don't know. Zebo's like an old 36, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because he came out after his freshman year at Michigan State. Yeah, so your 17th year in the league. All right. Next up is the Memphis Grizzlies. They come in at 13 and 28. I actually kind of like this team going into the season. And the Conley's been hurt basically all season. And they just can't overcome that. We talked about they had two top, maybe I thought like 20, two top 20 players in Conley and Gasol and then not a lot else. I thought that'd be good enough to keep them above 30, 35 games. Uh, but if one of them goes down, they're they're awful and they've been terrible. So uh, that's all I have. The Conley injury. I can't I believe the Celtics own their 2019 first round pick. Yeah, that could be. I But what I read is kind of interesting is that if – they really bought him out, which it looks like they are. You know, they're in the running, too, Zach, for a top-five pick. I mean, what what team are we at? They're the fourth-worst record in the league right now. And Conley's out. They could, like, shut down Gasol and just stink. Yeah, no, for sure. They should, by all means. But, dude, I would tank hard. And then they could end up. It'd be interesting, because then maybe they end up with, like, well, they're Mike... going to be a super intriguing team at the deadline. Um, well, they're trying to trade yeah, they... uh, Tariq Evans, who's ha- who's had a resurgence. But if they if they end up with like the second or third pick and they get like Marvin Bagley or like Michael Porter and all of a sudden they have this like super intriguing young guy who could be a star and then you add that with like two already like fringe All NBA players and Conley and Gasol, I'm not saying that's something, but like I am still big Conley and Gasol guys. Yes, this team is terrible. Conley is awesome when he's healthy, and Gasol. You know they're both like 31, right? They're both, I don't know, let's see how old they are. They're like 30, let me see. Uh, that doesn't matter. They're like, yeah, they're like 30. I don't know, I'm not saying that they're like, it will be a championship or anything, but. Yeah, maybe they'll make the playoffs, I don't know. Conley, anyway, Conley's, we'll see, but. Conley's 30, Gasol's 32, yeah, maybe you're right. All right, uh, let's move on. All right, up next are the L.A. Lakers. 14 and 27. They did have the worst record in the league a year uh, a week ago, and have won a couple straight after all this Lonzo Ball or the Ball family BS with Walton. The two things for me on the Lakers, they're looking to trade Julius Randle pretty aggressively. Same with Jordan Clarkson. I've even heard they're looking at 
Uh, Nance might get moved, which I think would be dumb. I love Nance. They're desperately trying to attach Dang so they could sign two max players this summer. Uh, the other thing is Lonzo, who gets killed, like, oh, you can't shoot, oh, Lonzo this, oh, Lonzo that, is averaging 10-7-7, and which is pretty tight for a rookie. So I'm kind of in on Lonzo. I don't know what the Lakers are going to be in a year because the free agency will be weird, but I don't know. I think they're better than – they're not better, but I don't know. What do you think about the Lakers? Yeah, Lonzo is fine. I think the Lakers starting lineup next year will feature – everyone's like, oh, LeBron's not going to go there because, you know, they're so bad this year. Dude, they'll have Paul George and, you know, it's not like he's going there to play with Randall, Nance, and Clarkson and Ball. It'll be Ball – LeBron, Paul George, Ingram. I like Ingram's curve. He's doing well. He's still only 20. He's averaging more than Markkanen. Like, he'll be fine. Um, I think the future is still bright for the Lakers. They're still that free agent destination. They need to get up out of that dang salary and, uh, and the position fine. I don't know. I'm trying to pull up a ranking of the best free agents. Because if they don't get LeBron... And I, like, Paul George makes a lot of sense. I get that. But if they don't get LeBron... I mean, the banana boat might happen in L.A. If they don't get Boogie, Paul George, Chris Paul won't go there, IT, who cares, DeAndre, maybe. It's kind of a cliff after that. You know, if they don't get... They're not going to bring it. If they don't get... They could get Paul George. Well, that'll suck for them because they don't have that lottery. They, I mean, they don't have their first round pick, and if they get Paul George and then like JJ Redick and like another like, I don't know, not it, but like another Avery Bradley or something. You know, who knows? Like two good but not great role players slash. Yeah, like maybe like a Marcus Smart or something. Yeah, something like that. Like they're not still not going to be that good. I mean, I like Paul George a lot and. I don't know what the Lakers... The Lakers need LeBron or they're just going to continue to kind of suck and not be anything. Lonzo, though, I think Lonzo is having a better year than people give him credit for. So, that was really I what agree. I agree. I'm going to Lakers-Knicks in two weeks and I'm going to get to see all these guys live and I'm, I'm pretty excited. Are you getting the Latvian flag? I think I'm going to get a Latvian flag. You gave me the idea to get a... What was it? To learn how to say unicorn in Latvian. So I'm just going to yeah. hang. My wife got me tickets for Christmas, hanging over the player tunnel for the Knicks, and I'm just going to wave the flag and scream unicorn in Latvian over and over. I'm just it. hoping I don't offend any Latvians that are in the stands. Like someone's going to try and talk to me, and I'm not going to be. We'll see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they won't mistake you for a native. Don't worry. Uh, all right, next. <laughs> Dallas, who stinks. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about Dallas, Zach. Dennis Smith has been. I mean, this okay. is a huge tank team. They have to tank. Um, I like Har- Harrison Barnes is having a nice year. He's, he's done, he Wes is. Matthews is 31 on a max contract. He's not a max contract. Points. He makes $16, $17 million a year. The reason I bring that up, Zach, is I think they want to make a trade. They're another team like Atlanta that will take on salaries for picks. And if you take Wes Matthews. And what about a trade? I don't know how the salaries would match up. If I, you know, before I called you for this pod, I was almost did in the trade machine. Jason Smith, Jan Mahimni, and a first-round pick for Wesley Matthews and Noel. Oof, let's do it. But I just don't see Dallas 
Like, I think it would have to be Ubre or something. Like, I don't know why Dallas. What I love about Dallas, they make so many great bargain signings. Whether it's Yogi Ferrell or that that European big who's taking Noel's minutes, um, they're always making good bargain signings. Anyway. If I'm a team, I'm hitting them up. I would, like, trade a first-round pick for Wes Matthews and see if you could get Noel, who just doesn't play and is not a part of their long-term plans. I, forever... I'm like probably one of the last few people on this island, but I'm still with Noel. Like I still think he could be a rim protector who like you could bring in and be like I think he'd be fun on the Wizards. I think he'd be a good I just don't think Jason Smith as a second piece, and I know you won't do it for Ubre, so I don't know what the piece is for the Wizards. But if you I would definitely trade a first round pick. If they'll take Mahimni, who they who used to play there and be good for them, so they might actually be interested in like maybe we could kick the tires on him. And they get rid of Wes Matthews, who they maybe the Cavs could do like a Tristan Thompson Noel type swap. Um, yeah, I don't. And know. They take on Wesley Matthews and they give him the Brooklyn pick. That makes a little bit more sense. No, not the but they won't give. They give him something else. You know, a later pick. All right, let's too much time on the match. All right, let's move on. The Chicago Bulls. 15 and 27. They were terrible out of the gates. They've won 10. They won 10 of 12 in December after Meritich came back. I think the the news on this team is Markinen has been fantastic, like I predicted. And then Chris Dunn is at a, you know, he's only second year in the league, but was kind of left for dead in Minnesota. Nobody thought that was a good trade. And now he's come in and played pretty well, too. So. Mark, my only thing with Markinen, who just torched the Knicks, torched the Knicks, uh, he he gets a lot of Przingis comparisons, which I think is fair. He's a seven-footer that could shoot. But when I watch him play, I see a much better Ryan Anderson. He's, like, not the same player as Przingis. That's that's my – a lot right Ryan now. Ryan Anderson was my comp for him coming out. You were, and you're right. He, I – well, every I don't know I've seen the Knicks. He boards. He boards well, though. He's good. No, he's much better. Than, he, he, he also took it. You can take it to the rack for like a nasty dunk here and there. He posterized Cantor for like one of the best dunks yeah. of the year. I thought uh, he's tight. Like he is nineteen. He's averaging seventeen and seven. I said no. He's averaging fifteen. Uh, he's been. He's pretty good on defense. He's not like great, but like for his age, he's like competes. He's got fire. I like him. I like watching him play. And I've seen him play a couple times because the Knicks and that whenever the Knicks and Bulls play, it comes down to the last shot. Markinen always plays well. But a lot of his points just come on catch and shoots. He's not necessarily always driving or posting up or anything, which is not a complaint. He's 19 years old, averaging 15 points a game. But I think the Perzingis comparisons need to chill out a little. I don't think he's that mold of player. I think he's more like he's going to be like the best version of Ryan Anderson and much better. That's fair. Um, Dunn, Dunn is averaging 14. My thing with the Bulls, what's attributable, what's attributable to their resurgence is the bench. They can bring Bobby Portis, Miritich is averaging like 19, Nwaba, they got this deep bench that is just killing other teams' second units. Grant is okay. Valentine is a gunner from three. It's all he does is shoot three. Got Valentine shooting 40% from three. Mawaba, who they just like picked off the scrap heap from the Lakers, has been, he's like one of the best defenders in the league. He's like awesome. And 
his offense is put his head down and drive right. And it's so frustrating because other team, when you play him, you're like, he's not going to shoot. He's not going to go left. But he's super duper athletic. And he just locks down. I don't know how the Lakers let a guy like that go. He's just an awesome perimeter defender. It's funny because we thought this would be one of the worst teams. But so far, I think if the season ended today, well, here we're talking about them, what, like six or seven? Yeah, they're like six or seven. Now, they're also only three games out of the worst record. But and, won- Levine, and Levine's coming back. They won. Oh, t- yeah. Levine comes back tonight, which will be interesting. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. My heart and my gut, it's a bad thing. But it will be really interesting to see if he comes in and just blows the roof off. Because then all of a sudden it will be, not are they good, but... They're they're exciting. They're like a fun young team. Hoiberg, who you and I have dumped on on this podcast, finally has this like young team in his mold that he could do what he wants. He doesn't have to worry about egos or anything. And and they're playing well. Ten, they won ten to twelve, like two weeks ago. That's hard to do in the NBA. So kudos to the Bulls. They're fun to watch. Uh, let's move on. We just spent three minutes. Are you implying that a Wade Rondo backcourt is an ideal in twenty twenty? Seriously, and I think the Butler trade. Butler's been great. We'll talk about him later. Was not a travesty. We'll see what happens with uh, Levine coming well, back. Well, yeah, Dun, Dunn's looked good, and Markkinen panned Dunn, out. So Dunn and Markkinen are both nice. Markkinen's going to be really nice. And if you know Levine comes back and looks like he did in Minnesota, like that's, that's a haul. All these big star trades that got ripped over the summer by everyone, including us, has really turned into like nice deal. So I know shows what we know. Yeah, well, everyone was wrong, so I don't feel as bad. Usually, we're wrong all the time, but we're not. Whatever. Uh, Phoenix Suns, sixteen and twenty-seven. We're playing awful, awful. I don't really have a lot to say about this team, Zach. I. You know, they're probably going to make a trade. I think the jury's probably out on those two bigs, uh, Bender and Chris. My big thing is I really wish they took De'Aaron Fox. I said it before the draft, and I'm saying it now. That Fox-Booker backcourt would have been so tight for the next decade. That's fair. Josh Jackson has been bad. And you're, to your point, the jury's out. Marquise Chris has been horrendous. That's all anyone, when everyone talks about the Suns, they're like, Chris has been terrible. So, you know, we talk about how teams tank a lot, and then, like, you get all these high picks. They really have nothing to show for it besides, they have Booker. And then... Who was the 11th pick. Yeah. But, um... Everyone else... No, totally. They need to, uh... They need to go rid of some guys. Uh, Oh, and right now they're not drafted. Do they have anyone attractive? For trade, I mean, I've been yeah. saying Tyson Chandler for years, who I think his deal is expiring. Uh, Alex Len, no. Craig Monroe, I've read they might buy him out. This team is a disaster. Honestly, it's a disaster. They're nowhere close to competing. They've got Devin Booker, who's great. They need a point guard. They're, but they're now they're kind of frisky. There's a lot of bad teams. And right now, they they have the 10th worst record in the league. So, or like 9th worst record in the league. That's not going to net them, you know, a game changer. If they like bottom out and they get like Trey Young, that would be super exciting. Or they like bottom out and they got, 
You know, my boy Donchich, or however you pronounce it, that would be tough. Yeah, I was going to say, Trey Young's a little bit redundant with Booker, but I don't know. We'll see. Listen, there are a lot of teams. That is a false This is a final statement. year to tank, too. Zach, Devin Booker is a two. Trey Young is a point guard. It's not redundant. It's just two scoring guards, but there's a lot of teams with two scoring guards, like Portland or whatever. I disagree completely that Trey Young would not work on Phoenix. Uh... Do you have any rebuttal, or can we move on? No, let's move on. <laughs> uh, uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets. A respectable, bad team, but a respectable 16-26. and 26. I don't know. The Suns are 16-27, and 27 and we just took a big shit on them. So. Anyway, next 16-26. and 26, D'Angelo Russell has been hurt most of the season. My bright spot for this team, they're another like kind of like the Bulls, like frisky young team that has pieces, is my boy Spencer Dimwitty has been nice. Like he has stepped into their 1A option with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, he hit, he hit a game winner last night. He is tight. Like I know the Ringer just did an article on him, and I know nobody cares about this because we uh, podcasted a week ago and it got deleted, but I was like super bullish. Yeah, I'll give you credit. You were hyping him before <laughs> the Ringer article. I was super bullish on him, and he went this past week. He went for 26, 20, 31, and twenty. Like he's tight. Ooh. He in twenty four. They run their offense through. I mean, he is he is bold. I don't I don't want to say he's bold dominant, but like he is their guy. Like with Russell out, he is the focal point of their offense, and he was picked off the scrap heap. Injuries. Sec, you know, he was a late second round pick or mid second round pick. He's from Colorado. He's tight. I'm in on him. Uh, the other guy who's been good for them is Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who we talked about in our preview. He's averaging quietly, Zach. Listen to these numbers. I, this blew me away. 15, 7, and 2. Wow. I know. Like, that's risk. He's young as hell and good for him. And he's the defender. I can't say enough about the Nets. We've talked about this all the time. Their ability to develop young players. They're like the opposite. Well, of the that, Nets. and I just love what they're doing with the whole taking contract. I mean, the way they've treaded water through this muddy situation of like you know the whole Boston ordeal is pretty impressive we haven't even talked about Jaleel Jared Allen's well what's crazy is that they're you know doing all right and Russell's been out Lynn got injured like five minutes I know my prediction definitely your pick of the year I was like they're Um, gonna be there I was like Lynn's gonna stay healthy and so will Carol and they're gonna flirt with 500 and yeah. and then Ling like blew out his knee in the first game of the season or something. Um, but they haven't had Russell or Okafor. Oh, even Jaleel's been back for a little bit, and I just keep waiting. Like I'm never that high. I never was that high on him, but I'd like to see more than this. I mean, this is like a little ridiculous. Now. He's been hurt. He hasn't played a lot. Uh, I'm just from him. I'm going to just see how he finishes the season. Like he needs time to get acclimated. I think your point is fair. He hasn't done a lot so i'm not like saying he's still this untopped goal mine but let's give him it's tough to transition to especially when you're young and you're not like a star when you're young and you get traded to a new team sometimes it takes a while to get acclimated to your new i have a hard time seeing that cleveland pick being top six though i know well we're gonna talk about cleveland and i i think they're gonna look possibly trade this pick because this pick doesn't look like it's gonna be the top five pick like everyone thought you know it's so Uh, boston well well Oh, Boston but flips the Brooklyn pick and keeps the Lakers pick, and now the Lakers pick is going to be a top five pick, and Brooklyn's like barely in the lottery. 
are barely in the top ten. Frustrating. Good for Atkinson is a great coach. Like good for Brooklyn. They're still a while away, but they again have made something out of nothing. There's that's commendable. All right. Next is the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets come in at sixteen and twenty-four. This team is a train wreck. We I mean we they're capped out. Dwight this is your number one blow it up team. The thing is, they, who can, how, the only way they could blow it up is if they trade Kemba, and then they have to attach major salaries, and then it's like a huge deal because Kemba gets paid, Batoon makes twenty three million a year, and he's awful. Batoon has been awful, and, and Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams got paid. He stinks now. Monk who doesn't fit into that mold, has done nothing yet. You know, Dwight's been doing Dwight things. Dwight's averaging 16 and 12. That's pretty good. But the only way they they really go in a new direction is if they move Kemba and they somehow attach Batum. And I don't know how, like, what team is that? Like, it ha- like unless it's a team like Orlando or some, like, crap team. That no, they- that's, listen, that's not happening. You're not, they're not moving Batum. You can... Forget about that. Unless they want to like attach first, and they can't do that either. So, I think you trade Kemba, you fucking tank out, and uh, you know you rebuild. I I mean, but I get. But the thing is, but this whole like shooting for the eighth seed every year with you know all your white big men that you draft with the twelfth pick every year just ain't ain't working. Batum is averaging ten and five, and it just he only shoots the ball ten times a game, and he makes twenty three million a year. And they have no cap space; they're totally capped out, and they have a horrible track record in the in the draft. Cho, I think Cho needs to go. Like I, their GM, I think they need to can their GM. Kemba is a really interesting trade piece. I I like you and I were texting this week. I was like, what about Kemba to the Wizards? I love it. And then they move Beal to the three, and they just start three guards, and who cares? They just go small and whatever. My brother hated it. Um, I don't understand why it's such a bad move for the Wizards. I think, can Kemba and John Wall play together? I I don't know. I would roll the die if they could get him on the right I mean, I love the Houston. I love what they're doing with Paul and Harden. I think you kind of got to, you know, zag when everyone else zags or whatever it's. Some new concept, like I feel, but I like it. I feel like a Kemba, like when you throw in like it's Otto. Different. You put the talent together and you worry about it later. But if you're Charlotte, I'm not moving Kemba unless a bit, a couple deals are attached. They have to get out of this like salary zone that they're just totally screwed. This is too much Hornets. They're just not good. Clifford is coming back. Clifford's been out with like a health problem, so I could see this team making a second half run for like the A seed and it not matter. Was Clifford out with Dwight Bola? <laughs> no, he just took a break. No, he just... I don't know what it was, but he's out. He comes back, honestly, I think this weekend. Yeah, no, I heard that. Uh, the Utah Jazz, 17-25. and 25. This team has been hindered with injuries. Uh, Donovan... I mean, we should really just talk about Donovan Mitchell. Nobody cares that Gobert and Hood have been hurt. Donovan Mitchell has been awesome. I feel a little vindicated, Zach, because in our draft preview... In our draft reaction, when everybody was dumping on the Knicks about Dennis Smith, I kept saying, I was like, A, I really like Donovan Mitchell. In our draft preview, I was harping Donovan Mitchell. I know, I know. And then B, 
I said the Knicks were much closer, and this is true, to taking Donovan Mitchell than they were Dennis Smith. Now, does that make it good that the Knicks passed on Dennis, uh, Donovan Mitchell? No, but everyone who was like, oh, Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith, they were, I, they were much closer to taking Donovan Mitchell, and now Mitchell is going to be an all-star in, in the future. And he's been awesome. He's a, a super bouncy. He could shoot. He's defensive. I mean, what a way to recover from the Hayward. He is the total package. He is everything. I'm not, I'm a franchise-saving move. He is. Now, that being said, they're 17-25. and 25. They're inconsistent. You know, Gobert's been out, which hurts them. I don't know what they're going to do with favors. I think this is an interesting team. Very interesting. But, you know, maybe the they deadline. strike late lottery gold again. Who knows? I would, uh, on this team, I think they're going to try and trade favors. I don't know if they will. And I think they need to try and attach uh, Rubio. Because I just don't yeah. see how Rubio fits in. So if they can move Rubio and Favors for, like, picks and, like, like a first-round pick and a young player, I'm sure they would jump on that. They draft exceptionally well. Yeah, and the Mitchell pick. Hood is a free agent at the end of the year. They I bet they bring there they got in the 20s. Hood was mid-teens, or, yeah, I think he was. Uh, or Te- late. Actually, might have been, like, low-20s Hood. Um T- Trey Lyles, who they ended up having to trade for they Mitchell. They trade for, for Mitchell, Mitchell pick, but, but obviously that was worth it. Um, teams are calling them about Alec Burks, who's you know been hurt a lot, but he's yeah, finally healthy. He's a wing. They could get a pick for him. So I think the Jazz... Favors, so- Favors has plateaued out a little more than I'd like to see for someone as young as he is. He's averaging 12 and 7. And he... Is 26. twenty six? Twenty six. He's interesting. Twenty six only. Yeah, he was. He came out after. He came out after his freshman year or something. And I know he was traded. But like for his, D, D- will. That proves my point. His numbers are declining way too much for someone who's only twenty six years old. There's a lot of mouths to feed on that team. I, I'm. I am not arguing that Derek Favors is like a legit one A option, but it, this is a team that's tough to like. No one on this team is going to average like twenty five points a game. Maybe. No, I know. So he's their third high scorer with Favors out. I think to your point, with Favors out, he's been playing a good amount. Enough Favors will go bear. Go bear. He's been getting good minutes. He just is not there for them. So. I don't know. This team's inconsistent. They can't win on the road. They're basically the Knicks. They're in much better position, but they're the Knicks of the West. They're splits, and they're like home and away record. They're like the same as the Knicks. Who, Zach, is our next team? My, my New York Knicks, 19-23, and 23, in the midst of a total collapse. They've lost like 10 of 12 or more, and they're in the mix of this horrendous, horrendous January. We're on the road like 10 of 12 games or something ridiculous. They play their next eight games on the road. The Knicks are not only nosediving, but I really think the floor is coming off on this team. They're about to plummet to the bottom. Um, Perzingis. Your boy, your boy came back last night. Hardaway is back. He came off the bench. Perzingis is big and he's slowly starting to get killed in the media, which... Is rightfully so. Przingis, I just saw yesterday, hasn't shot above 50% in a game since December 12th. <laughs> Which coincides pretty much right around when Tim Hardaway got hurt. I, You know, we talked on the phone, Zach. Kevin O'Connell just came out with this article like ripping Przingis. Is he a franchise guy? 
And Porzingis has not played well recently. I'm not defending his play. Shot selection hasn't been good. In early January, he said he was tired. You know, he's only 22. He's just going through growing pains. He's still he's averaging like 23 points a game. He shoots the ball a lot. They don't without Hardaway, which O'Connell didn't talk about this at all. Hardaway's hurt. Their only other guy on the team that could create their own shot is Michael Beasley, who's been playing really nice, but he's a journeyman. And their point guard situation of Jared Jack, who's should be done, and then Neil Aquina, who's 19 and not ready. They have the worst point guard situation in the league. Like I don't want to hear about how is any one young star supposed to be successful in that situation? Of course he's going to struggle. He needs to sign Trey Burke today, buddy. And they just picked up Trey Burke, which Knicks fans like on Reddit and Twitter are like been like clamoring for because he's averaging like 30 a game. He could score. I'm like, I know this is a non-factor move, and I wasn't even really going to talk about it. But the Knicks don't have scores. They have Przingis, Beasley could get buckets. Hardaway, thank God he's back. Hardaway has been actually good for them. That was my, my prediction was his contract, which yes, he'll always be a little overpaid. He is important to the Knicks. He does things for them. He's averaging, he just missed six weeks, but he's averaging 18 points a game. You know, four rebounds, three assists. He's a streaky shooter. I think as the Knicks plummet, the Knicks are about to lose a lot of games. Uh, I think they're an interesting team to watch at the deadline, too. You know, they're trying to trade Kyle O'Quinn. Herman Gomez isn't playing at all. I keep thinking that the trade for them to make is to package Courtney Lee and and Kyle O'Quinn, and that's like an awesome bench acquisition for a team that needs bench players a la the Washington Wizards. But yeah. I just feel like the Knicks have these like vet bench players that are that are good, like Courtney Lee, Lance Thomas. Who do you want, Mahimi and Jason Smith? Let's go. No, I my dream trade is for Ubre, which I know you're gonna uh, have a heart attack just talking about, but the Wizards can't pay Ubre. My know, hot take on the Wizards is that Ubre is better than Otto Porter, I think. Like uh, right now. I think he either is or is gonna be. Why can't the Knicks trade Willie Herman Gomez? And Courtney Lee, and like for a pick for like Ubre and like Mahimni or something, and just like I don't know, those don't match up. But like, oh yeah, but Herman, I hear you. Herman Mahimi, Mahimi's like borderline unplayable. Well, Joe Noah is unplayable, so whatever. What are your thoughts um, on the Knicks? We haven't even talked about Neil Aquina. What are your thoughts on the Knicks? I love Fran. My hot take on the, or not my hot take, but my reaction for the Knicks so far is as a Knicks fan, you have to be happy about how this season has played out thus far. Because one, Frankie, I think Frankie is the real deal. He has an adequate shot from three, and he's a lockdown point guard with like an enormous wingspan. So he can switch on the people. He is going to be tight. And then Porzingis is whatever. He's had a bad month and a half. So what? He's 22, like you said. I think he'll be fine. And he's shown growth. I mean, the the curve is going up for him. That's fine. They're 19 and 23. That's you know probably better than people expected. Hornacek is, I think, a better coach without Phil standing over him, like jamming the triangle up his butt. And um, I think you'd have to be pleased so far. They need to... They're with that whole other group of teams, though, Memphis, uh, Phoenix, all those guys that just it's in their best interest to tank. Because don't forget, the lottery changes after this year. This is like the last year that you can truly tank and get 
you know, a guaranteed top three pick or a 25% chance of, you know, the top pick, whatever. All, all those odds change after this year because of Philly ruined it for everyone. So, um, I don't know. I think all in all, you got to be happy. The, the, I agree with Neil Aquina. He's been exciting. Offensively, he's just not aggressive at all. I'm just waiting for him to start attacking the rim. But he's only 19. He's so young. And point guard, I think, is the hardest position to come into as like a teenager, 20-year-old, whatever. The, the problem with the Knicks, this, I, I saw this stat. Knicks fans are freaking out because through 41 games, their record is basically identical to where it's been the last three seasons, where they finished like thirty and fifty-two or something. So, and I, you know, I started this by saying the Knicks are about to fall off a cliff. So what? It, this is just pretty. The Knicks are the same team every year. They're going to be bad. They're not going to be bad enough. They're going to. They're they got the fourteenth pick right now. They're at the end of the lottery, and they're going to drop. But they're not going to be as bad as. Atlanta, the Lakers, Orlando, Memphis, Sacramento, Dallas. Like, I think it's worse if things really get bad. As bad as they're going to get is going to be like 7, 8, or 9, and it's a six-player draft. So, <laughs> yeah. again, like, again, they're, like, on the outside looking in at the top lottery talent. They'll get, a, you know, like Miles Bridges or someone. I'm ex- I do, I, I, it is just nice to have first-round picks again, so they're slowly adding young players that hopefully are pieces, but... And don't forget, that's all they need. They need to add young players who are pieces while the Noah and the Courtney Lee and those contracts, like, die out. And then in two or three years, you're going to be sitting there with tons of cap space. You're in New York City. You're playing in the basketball mecca that is MSG. You'll have Porzingis. And you have Porzingis, Frankie, a wingman that you draft this year. And then you dangle big money inside in front of a free agent, one of those Warriors guys or someone they'll be able to pry loose, and you're, they're going to want to play for the Knicks. Uh, and I feel a lot better. All right. My spin zone. Zach, I like it. All right. The Knicks, yeah, the Knicks, we said going in. They're a couple of years away, and that's where they're at. So that's the New York Knicks report. Moving on, since we probably just lost all of our listeners talking about the Knicks for five minutes, is the Philadelphia 76ers, 19 and 20. They have been... I don't know. They're nineteen and twenty. Yeah, but, you know Ben Simmons is probably running away with that Rookie of the Year. He's been great. Like I, I'm saying, like Ben Simmons has been disappointing. He's awesome. He can't shoot at all, but he's got to see strong. He's big. Embiid is great. We talked on the deleted potty a week ago that I am not okay with him just hanging out on the perimeter, jacking eighteen foot jumpers, and like just consistently shooting threes. I wish he played more time at the rim. But, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I thought they'd be better than 19 and 20. I think they'll finish oh, no. above 500. 2017, spread the floor and make it rain, baby. J.J. Redick is only there on a one-year deal. I like that they brought in Covington, say, re-signed Covington. The, fu- the out for me, for me, what I'm watching with this team, besides that they're super fun to watch, and the fact that I love Saric, is Fultz. The elephant in the room is Fultz. They traded, they went in on Fultz, and... He's played like six games or something. His shoulder, they're talking about his shooting form. It is, I am not in the camp. I'm not overreacting. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's a disaster. And all these like Boston fans are like, whatever. You're like, oh my God, we've dodged a ball, all this stuff. I'm not ready to just write him off after halfway through a season of his rookie year and he's 19. But am I concerned? Yes, I'm concerned. 
Yeah, I am too. Um, <laughs> Were you paying attention, or did you just go away? No, nah, nah, yeah. Network is, uh, I think Network or one of the Ringer art, Ringer writers uh, dropped an article about Fultz and, like, the different, it's like, oh, it could only be a couple different things. One is he was never a good shooter to begin with, and the college sample size was too small. Two, it's the shoulder. Um and I forget what the other option was. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think he's as bad and this is as big of a deal as people are making it seem. Or that, um, you know, he's the player he was in college necessarily either. So, TBD. None of us know. It's the biggest mystery in the NBA. And I can't wait to uh, to see him actually play and find out more. I just but, I wish they had. We did a picture of. The Sixers like warming up the other yeah, day, and yeah. shooting jumpers, and Fultz is on the other side of the court in the background shooting jumpers. It looks and awful. It's just like the ugliest, broken, chaotic form ever. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, when I brought that up, that that video. I just wish for the process they had more than they did because they have Embiid and Simmons, who are both. Awesome. Like, that's great. But for being the worst team in, like, NBA history. For Dude, they could have so much more to show for it if they didn't miss on Bilal, Okafor, Jaleel. What, they could easily have Porzingis, honestly. Yeah, they passed on Porzingis. Um, if they had a front court of Or they could have sat and taken. Embiid and, uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine if they had, uh, oh, God, his name, Tatum? If they had Tatum right now and, like, how awesome that would be? Yeah. Uh, Especially because he can shoot too. Yeah, I don't know. I, but I don't, my last thing on the six is I love how Embiid and Simmons really complement each other because Embiid does space before he can knock down those shots. Embiid has stayed healthy so far, so that's good. Honestly, my favorite player. This is probably an unpopular opinion. My favorite Covington. player on the team. No, is Saric. He's my favorite player on their team. He's fun. He's fun to watch. Ben yeah, Simmons I don't know if he'll be there long term, but I agree. I well, he him. if he's available, I'm. I am. If I'm a GM, I'm getting him. I'm like trading a first round pick and like a young player to get him because I think he's awesome. You might be a little too bullish on him, but all right. I think he's awesome. All right, twenty and twenty one. The L.A. Clippers. This team has actually had a resurgence. Uh, they were not looking good. <clears throat> I I harped on Lou Williams. I've been harping on injuries in the preview. You like them a lot. I took the under because no one could stay healthy. Blake Griffin, Gallo, Beverly, and Milos have all missed time. DeAndre just rolled his ankle. He's hurt now. On they, the duck of the year. Yeah, true. He is... But this team is on the rise. They're a game out of the ace seed in the West, Like as much as I dump on them. And... Lou just went for 50. They're, they're, you know, there's, I don't know. I still don't like the long-term view of this team. I, my, the only thing I think we should talk about is, are they going to trade DeAndre? Um, they should. He's averaging 12 and 14. There's only three teams I think that would trade for him or should trade for him. And it's Milwaukee, Portland, or the Cavaliers. Those are the only three teams that I think really make sense for him. Every other team, like Portland has a ton of pieces that they could place together for him. Uh, Milwaukee, I think... Uh, You're out on Nurkic? Yeah, but they could package Nurkic. I mean, Nurkic has been nice, but DeAndre could be like the rim protector that they need. I don't know. Portland's kind of just floating in purgatory. I think DeAndre's better than Nurkic. 
I think Milwaukee, like a Henson and Brogdon, there's package they could put there. They would they may maybe not even give up Jabari. The Cavs just made Tristan Thompson available. They got the Brooklyn pick. I think that could borderline almost that alone could get it done. I don't know if the Cav- if the Clippers want Tristan. But I don't know the market for DeAndre. I think that's the only thing that's really interesting about this team. De- Lou Williams is averaging 23 points a game. That's pretty wild. There's getting a lot of... Yeah, honestly, they're a pretty boring team with not much to talk about. Let's move on. Uh, And then the last team before we take our break, the New Orleans Pelicans, 21-20. and Boogie and Anthony Davis have been making it work. You know, they're they're doing a good job in the West. I think the only thing to talk about with this team is I don't think they're going to trade Boogie, and I think they're going to they're going to try and re-sign him. I don't know if they will or not. If I had to guess now, I would say yes. But I, they don't. Their supporting cast is awful. We talked about that in the preview. Drew Holiday is doing Drew Holiday things, which means he's probably about Etuan to get. Etwan Moore is kind of tight. Etwan Moore is like shooting like fifty percent from three in the last month. Boogie is having a monstrous year. Like he could well, get. He is so good. He is so good. He could get I MVP consideration. I him this morning, and he's like draining corner threes, like fading away out of bounds. He's dropping sick dimes. He's he's just an incredible talent. Zach, twenty six points, twelve rebounds, five assists. He's shooting thirty six percent from three, which is league average. He's having a first-team All-NBA year. I agree. I think he is awesome. He's having the best year. I think the best year of his career. They're only 21-20. and 20. That's a little discouraging. It's really the rest of their team is trash. But, you know, there was, like, rumors going into the season. Oh, will they trade Anthony Davis? Will Boogie get dealt? I don't think any of that's happening. I think they're going to try and lock them up. And I would do the same thing. If I'm the Pelicans... Why would you trade them? It's not like they're... If they were, like, struggling, then maybe, but they look good. If they could stay healthy, they'll be in the playoffs. We'll see. Anything else to add about that team? Not really. All right. That's the end of our NBA midseason report, the first half. We're going to do a part two where we'll tackle the top half of the league. Uh, two Idiots Talking Sports. We're out. Peace. Yeah. Down, good Lord. With the two idiots talking sports Strictly man, they just play around Cover much ground Talk about the best pound for pound It's Z to AC DC to Cali Ooh-wee You can't get them out of your mind No, they talk about the sports all the time